JD Talking Sports, Thursday, March 30th, 2017. Drop the G on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, subscribe on iTunes. I think I had JD Talking Sports drop the G amnesia right there. Holy crap. Wow. Just read that LeBron is three points away from passing Shaq on seventh all time. Patrick Mahone has had 18 visits with NFL teams already for the draft. That's awesome. You know, it's a guy like that who can really come on. Maybe he'll be the Dak Prescott of this draft. That's what I call everybody now, the Dak Prescott of this draft. All right, have a lot to talk about. A little basketball, baseball. Have a story, interesting story on Ichiro. Little Giants. Do I have any Jets today? I, I talked heavy Jets yesterday, I thought. Some NFL stories. Of course, I have to have a Lonzo and LeVar Ball story. And uh, I might have some other stuff. Oh, and Knicks. Ryan, I hope you're listening. The Knicks uh, played great tonight. Ha, oh, they didn't because they didn't play tonight. They play the at the Heat tomorrow night. Let's keep losing. Let's get that draft pick. All right, Isaac, you got to go. Okay. I watched the end of the Nets-Pistons games. I see Lopez hit two three-pointers in the fourth quarter. I'm excited. They're up 86-80. I think they're going to pull it out now. You know, though, Jeremy Lin does not get a lot of calls his way during games at all. He had 14, five rebounds, four assists. They actually tried to throw the ball into him when they were down by three at the end of the game, and he fumbled it or got taken away. I wasn't very impressed with Lin at the end of the game. I mean, they really don't have any too, too many go-to guys. Lopez hits two threes. He's four for 17 in the night. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson has 14 points, nine rebounds. He's been solid all year. Sean Kilpatrick had 15, and Dinwiddie, Sean Dinwiddie had 11 points off the bench. Ishe Smith had a three-pointer put him ahead. And then, what they? I think they had a three at the buzzer to make it 90-89. Pistons had a five-game losing streak snap. Now they're 34-41, still in the playoffs. Hunt. But they're they're down on the and Nets are now sixteen and fifty eight. So that means right now seventy four. They got eight games left. Yeah. No. Fifty eight, sixty eight. Yeah, seventy four, eight. Twenty two and fifty. That doesn't. That doesn't. That's not right. Fifty eight, sixty eight, seventy three. Nine. Nine games left. Nine games left. I can go 25 and 58. No, that's not right. How come I can't add today? 60, 74. They have eight games left. 16, yep. Eight games left. Four and four. They win 20. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Knicks. Yeah, there's a there's a lot going on there. I, I had an interesting... Hubie Brown, they, they celebrated the... What was it? The eighty-three, eighty-three, eighty-four team at the Garden on Wednesday night. Hubie Brown was there. Let me see. What did they? Eighty-three, eighty-four Knicks who had Bernard King, who was a closer. <laughs> you need a closer, and they had one. Hubie Brown was talking about the team. He said that Porzingis is seven-three. You know, we haven't seen this type of athleticism or shooting ability of a player at that tall. You know. He has to have improvement in his body strength, upper and lower, you know, meaning he can hold the post up in that he can get to the post because right now his post-up game is below average. You know, Brown said, you know, we all know he can shoot the threes. He's got the mid-range shot. He's a good kid. He's going to listen. Everything you want, but the body's got to get stronger. 
And Bill Cartwright was at the game in a non-coaching capacity for the first time in forever. And he said that, you know, he rattled all teams with great defensive legacies. He said, the you know, the Bulls, the Pistons, the 76ers, the Knicks, the old Knicks. He said the current Knicks are giving up 108.5 points a game, 24th in the league. Ryan, you can't be happy about that. You just can't. You can't be happy. And he said, let's uh, just be true to who you are. He said, you got to guard better. Having all sources is always good. But first, let's stop somebody that might help. And Brown said that Anthony Carmelo is not the reason why they're in the current plight. He said their inability to finish games, suffering nine losses by three points or less. He said, you take the nine losses by three points or less. Take the fact that the defense is ranked statistically at a low point. You know, it's difficult for them to win close games. And he said, outside of Carmelo, who do you have to close? He said, those are things you have to change, closing, closing games. And they had Bernard King in 83-84. They also had physical front line and good, solid defensive guards and chemistry. And that's what Daryl Walker said about the team was unbelievable chemistry. Being together in the locker room, cracking on each other, going out to eat together. It's not just passing the ball. If you've got chemistry, you're going to pass the ball. And back 83-84 team, the defense was the third best for points allowed. I know this is making Ryan cry because he misses those days so much. Brown pointed to Sparrow, Rory Sparrow, and rated him with Mo Cheeks and Danny Age as the three best on-ball pressure defenders he ever saw. That is high praise, very high praise. Rory Sparrow played hard. And Rory Sparrow said, to me, it was an honor to be there every night and every night to go out there and know that your team is going to be good enough to win. And Yeah, this was before Ewing. Yeah. Cartwright. was joined by King plus Rory Sparrow and Daryl Walker. I was like Daryl Walker, too. And King spoke warmly of the Knicks team. that They defeated Isaiah Thomas of the Pistons in five games, then took the ultimate champion Celtics to seven games. And he also spoke about Carmelo. King said, you know, that's a very tough position to be in. I know Carmelo loves it here in New York. I know he re-signed with the idea that they would be in position to win a title. I can't imagine what he, that must be like for him, having to think about potentially leaving New York and going somewhere else, pursuing that goal. Not that he wants to leave New York. I want you to go. He wants to, it to happen here. I feel for him every time I watch him. Anthony went scoreless in the first half. He only took two shots. He finished with nine points on four tall shooting and one assist. And he was asked about it. He goes, I don't even know my role. I don't know my role, to be honest. When he was pressed, he goes, I'm just here to help the guys and get them positive and motivated. I think my role at this point is to be there for these guys. I don't think me going out there to score 30 and 40 every night, playing that way will help them out at this point. All right. You know, and the, you know, hey, and there's a lot of point guards in this upcoming draft. And, you know, will, will Anthony be on the team? Now, this is the fourth straight year he's missed the playoffs after making it his first 10 years as a pro. He says, I see the writing on the wall. I see what they're trying to do. It's me accepting that. I think that's what puts me at peace, me knowing and understanding how things work. Also, first time Anthony was held scoreless in the first half of the game this season and the first time since 2012 in games he's played at least five minutes. And he, about his new role, he said, it's difficult. It's hard to change a player's game in the ninth inning. I am who I am. I got here all these years playing the way I've been playing. It's hard to take that step back. It's challenging. I think it's for the great, greater good of everybody on this team. But when later when he was asked about his first half, it doesn't do me any good, doesn't do the team any good. Dude, you're, you're <laughs> you know what? Right now, I'd rather see the young guys play. We know what you have. We know what we have with you, Carmelo. We don't know what we have with these guys. Four straight year, Knicks have made the missed the playoffs, and 
also in Jackson's as you know presidency, the team has been out of the race before mid-March the last three seasons. <sighs> and Carmelo said we had one good stretch of playing good basketball. That was early on in the season. Things just shifted after that. And adding insult to injury, Pat Pat Riley's Heat Club put the final nail in the Knicks coffin. The Heat are twenty six and eight in the last thirty four games. They're thirty seven thirty eight. The host, the Knicks, on tomorrow, and hopefully the Knicks will keep losing, get a good draft pick, and we can go from there. Oh, and I told you I had about Lonzo and his dad, Lavar. Lonzo says he will match Magic's five titles. Lavar is uh, pushing for him to get more than Jordan. Lonzo, I mean. Yeah, Jordan got six. You better get seven. You want to be the best player in the world. You can't have five. you can't have five. And Lavar doesn't count Bill Russell's eleven rings since he won those back then. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Unbelievable. It's just the shit that comes out of his mouth sometimes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yes, yeah. And the Warriors last night, you know, I was talking about them. They were down 22-3, came back from 22 down. They're now three and a half up on the Spurs for the number one seed in the playoffs. Curry had 29-11 assists. They outscored the Spurs 93-65 over the last three quarters. 93-65 over the last three quarters. Can you believe that crap? And Kevin Durant, you know, Adam Silver's issue with the rest, he said applies to a handful of players. You want to rule just for those five? He's got a point there. I mean, I know there's all these guys resting, but, you know, maybe if they don't rest during nationally televised games on ABC package, maybe that's what he would shoot for. Hey, how about you play these games and rest for – and and, he, and that's where he's thinking maybe you just rest for home games. But it sucks for anybody going to a game. You don't want to go and, hey, I still talk about I went to go see – they suspended Kobe. I never saw Kobe play live. Hey, I saw LeBron. And then he scored 50 the game I went to. That's a bucket list. Also, Jimmy Butler, as good as gone next year, per the ringer from the Bulls. Maybe he'll come to the Knicks. He's unhappy. Yeah, I don't. He's a younger. I don't know. I don't know if he's gonna. Yeah, I don't know how that's gonna work out. I guess we'll. I guess to be determined. To be determined on that front. And Dayton hired OKC Thunder assistant Anthony Grant, who's actually played at Dayton, coached at Bama and VCU in his college career. And I love this. Joe Barry II said, not going to sit out for his organ. Even if I'm not 100%, I'm still playing. No shit. Really? You think so? You think? Joe, you think? Dude, he's got a walking boot on. He's going to play in the goddamn game. And I love that the women are playing tomorrow and Sunday. Now, Kelsey Plum from Washington is the AP Player of the Year. Gino Oriema, ninth time Coach of the Year. And men, Mark Few is the Coach of the Year out of Gonzaga. And Frank Mason III, Player of the Year out of Kansas. Congrats to all of you. That's pretty good stuff. Now, we got we have baseball news. Baseball, baseball, baseball. Now, Yankees, Ben Heller, was a candidate for the uh, the bullpen. Yesterday, he went two innings. He one run in 13 innings pitch, but he is not going to make the bullpen. Luis Severino is the fourth starter now, and he pitched today 14-1 win over the Phillies. He went five innings, five hits, a run, base, one base of ball, four Ks. He is the fourth starter. They don't need a fifth until April 16th. So Jordan Montgomery, Chad Green, and Luis Sesa will compete in the minors for the fifth spot. I think Montgomery's going to triple A. Chad Green's going to double A. Luis Sesa, I think, may be going triple 
uh, A2. And the bullpen now is Brian Mitchell, Jason Shreve, Jonathan Holder, Araldis Chapman, Betances, Tyler Clippard, Adam Warren, and Tommy Lane in the bullpen. But look, Ben Heller could come up. There's going to be guys who are going to need some time off. Aaron Judge, I love this. He is the right fielder. Hicks is the fourth outfielder. I love it. I wonder what my buddy Franks thinks, but I think Aaron Judge, and they're not going to, they said they're not going to yank him. They said he's going to be playing every day, not in a platoon. Hicks will get some at-bats against left-handed pitchers. He'll spell Gardner and Ellsbury, which he should. I hope he spells them a lot. You know, he, he had a good, good, uh, Spring training too, Aaron Hicks, but I, I love Judge. I love Judge, man. I want to see what he can do. Let him play every day. I know he strikes out, but the boy can hit. You know, see, even if he starts off slow, and Severino has a lot to prove, a lot to prove. CC needs 274 Ks to become the 17th pitcher with 3,000 Ks. He wants to pitch more after this year. And Sanchez and Torres had home runs today. Again, they were up, I think, 9 nothing in the first. It was over early, very early. It sucks for Ben Heller, but you know what? He'll get a he'll get a shot. And Torres is going to play shortstop. I talked about this. Pete Cosma will be the backup. And uh, Cosma spent last year Triple A. Can play the left. Can play the left side of the infield, which is one of the reasons why he was selected over a Ref Snyder, who was option Triple A on Thursday. Rob Neff, Ref Snyder can't get a break, man. I like how he plays. He plays hard every goddamn game. You know what? He'll get a shot somewhere. He'll get a shot. And the Mets, the Mets. Stephen Matz's MRI on his left elbow comes back negative. He won't throw for three weeks. He's, he's prescribed a platelet-rich plasma injection. I wonder if that feels warm to the arm. It has to feel pretty good, right? And Zach Wheeler and Robert Kesselman, Syndergaard's roommate, are going to both be in the starting rotation. Seth Lugo and Rafael Montero are competing for a spot in the bullpen. So right now you have uh, Addison Reed, Blevins, Hansel Robles, Fernando Salas, Josh Smoker, and Josh Edgen, who is out of minor league options in the bullpen. Brandon Nemo. No, I'm sorry, Brandon, Brandon Nemo. I, I, like, I don't know what I said. Yeah, every time I see it. Uh, Hamstring is on the 10-game DL. Juan Lagares with oblique, 10-game DL to start the season. And David Wright, who's going to be gone for even longer. But right now they're all the 10-game DL. And Zach Wheeler, low. They think he'll throw between 100 and 120. 25 inning range. Could change, but that's what they're going to have him at. The bench right now is catcher Rene Rivera. I like him. Outfielder Michael Conforto. And utility players TJ Rivera, Wilmer Flores, and Ty Kelly, who played for Israel in the WBC. Sixth game, that's when uh, Gassam will get his first start because they have a day off. I think I think Thor is going to pitch twice in the first week, and Wheeler will face the Marlins on April 7th. His first Starting pitching since April, September 24th, 2014. Wow. Awesome. Allison said that with Wheeler, you know, the, the his inning limits could be flexible on depending on how he feels. Now, as I said, pitching coach Dan uh, Warthin put, put the number at 125, 120 to 125 inning pitch range. They don't think he's going to do 200. Come on. We shall see. We shall see. And so Seth Lugo, Rafael Montero, one of them is going to end up at AAA Las Vegas. You know, it's good to have depth. You know, it's good. They, and you know what? The way guys got hurt last year, those guys will be coming back up. Good. All right. All right. And then, you know, how about this? Last year in Major League Baseball, 111 players hit at least 20 home runs. Pitchers struck out 21.1% of opposing batters, highest rate in history. And Albert Pujols is going to be the ninth 
major league baseball player ever to get 600 home runs this season. And if you if you ever watch Real Sports with Brian Gumble, you got to watch the piece on Rick Ankiel, who started as a pitcher, got the yips, and then ended up coming back as an outfielder. And he him and him and Babe Ruth only players to hit at least 50 home runs and win at least 10 games. Talked to his mom. His, his his mother was abused by the father. Was in and out of jail and everything. And baseball was his sanctuary. And then he just got in his it got his in his head. He couldn't throw a ball. Even now, he's writing a book now. Even now, to this day, he still can't throw from the pitcher's mound. He said, "Woke up in the middle of the night. His heart was racing." Then he came back. I think he got busted though for uh, steroids at one point, which they didn't talk about. Of course, they never. They, it was a feel good story. But yeah, I mean, to come back, and Tony La Russa said the happiest day was when he called him up the second time around, and then he hit a home run his first game as a Cardinal, as a, and, and it was pretty awesome because as an outfielder, because he hit the home run, and La Russa, you could see him going crazy. Well, he was like pumping his fist and everything, and he said it was great. You know, it, it was a cool piece. It was a very cool piece. If you get a chance to see it, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And how about this? Uh, Rugned Odor, second baseman for the Rangers, got a six-year, $49.5 million deal. Now, he raises horses, and in the deal, he asked for two elite horses. He got it. He calls himself, well, one of his family members calls him the Venezuelan Cowboy. He got in that fight last year. I talked about him on Twitter to a Texas barbecue place. We're having T-shirts made of Odor. Pretty funny. And Yadier Molina, who they love him. Man, he was and for Puerto Rico in the in the WBC. Just his energy, man. He was awesome. Well, he got a three-year extension with the Cardinals for between fifty-five and sixty-five million years. Earned. He's worth every freaking penny, every goddamn penny, every penny. All right, now Ichiro, twenty-six season as a professional. I want to thank uh, Clark Spencer from Miami Herald. 17th in Major League Baseball. And he told, uh, he told, uh, he told uh, Spencer that he, you know, have, you have enough, you'll have until the day you die to rest. 43, second oldest player in the majors, just 51 days behind Bartolo Colon. Still, he said he's vying for more records. He's currently 25th all time in hits, and this season is gunning for the likes of Hall of Famers Rod Carew, Dave Winfield, and Ricky Henderson. He wants to play until he's 50. He joined the Mariners in 2001 after 15 prolific years in Japan. And he quickly learned off-season vacations or anything else that anything more than four days of rest were not for him. He goes, physically, unless you have some kind of injury, you don't really need a break. I think mentally you sometimes need a break. But for me, my body is built so that if I don't work out, that's when I get more stress in my body and get more tired. He said, if he stays on the couch for a day, even one day, I'll be more tired doing that than going out and give my body a workout. He's with his third major league team, played with the Yankees, can't physically physically fathom life after baseball. I think I'll just die. And so the last one he took was 2004-2005. He, he, thinks, he thinks it was a week-long trip, trip to Milan, Italy. He worked out pretty much the entire time and said that the trip threw off, you know, Threw off everything, threw out of sync for two to three weeks. Never again. He goes, that's the last time I took a vacation. You know, the downtime, he'll take a trip to Cooperstown. He's been there about seven times. Once season ends, he goes, he's back in the cages, practices his swing within days after the last game has been played. 
His workout le- regimen is le- legendary. Listen to this. And he has a weight room that players used to stay, you know, the, uh, like all teams, the Marlins have a weight room. Well, Ichiro has his own, a metal cargo container set up behind the clubhouse of the team's spring training facility in Jupiter. It came, and I wanted to see what it looked like. It contains an assortment of machines he uses to keep fit. And they say it's its own tourist attraction. St. Louis Cardinals infielder Matt Carpenter, you know, wanted to take a peek. He said, physically, you know, unless you have some kind of injury, you don't really need a break. Itro says of his work ethic, I think mentally you sometimes need a break, but for me, my body is built so that if I don't work out, that's when I put more stress on my body and get more tired. They had an off day Thursday. He goes, Thursday we have a day off. I'll be working out and doing what I usually do, working on the machines. I just love doing that. And uh, Kaizo Konishi, who Kyodo News, a Japanese wire agency, he's from a different planet. Got his 3,000 hit last season, and he's a virtual lock to make the Hall of Fame. Pretty cool, right? I want to see the workout area he has. That's what I want to see. I want to see this metal container where he has all his equipment. I would love to work out with him, man. It's got to be crazy, right? Now, I just saw that Shaq was passed by LeBron. So he is now, Shaq is now eighth. LeBron's now seventh. Giants, this always kills Harris. Last year, they put three receivers on the field more than any other team in the NFL with Odell Beckham Jr. and rookie Sterling Shepard locking nearly every snap and Victor Cruz, or another wide receiver, right behind. It was called 11 personnel, three receivers, one tight end, one running back. And the over-reliance of this package was, was one reason, and many, why the Giants finished 26th in the NFL in scoring and 29th in rushing offense. And McAdoo said at the NFL owners meetings, ideally you'd like to have more personal groups. Yes, no, really? No shit. Moving forward, he said that's the way it shook out. Moving forward, we'll see how it goes. This year they'll have more versatility because they they need to become more diverse. They had didn't have a fullback on the roster last year. Will Johnson got hurt before the season and Nikita Whitlock. No replacement was found, so they scrapped that from the playbook. And, you know, it adds an element. Anytime you put a fullback in the backfield, it adds an element of physicality that's tough to replace when you don't have it. That's what McAdoo says. Just didn't work out last year. It's not by design. And they didn't have a legitimate blocking tight end. Well, they got Red Ellison from the Vikings. He's also, he can line up as a blocking tight end and can line up at fullback. Uh, Vikings coach Mike Zimmer said, Red is a great kid, number one. He's a great competitor. He's tough. I walked him one day during the season last year and said, Rhett, I want to tell you how much I appreciate how you go about your work, the things you do, the kind of person that you are. He's going to fight and do everything he possibly can to help the team. He's going to block well in the running game and pass protection. He can block defensive ends. And he's a good guy in the locker room. He's quiet, but he's a good guy in the locker room. And you have DJ Fluker. is more of a guard than a right tackle. That's what McAdoo's saying about him. And he's certainly in competition for re-signed John Jerry for the starting right guard spot. Now, they haven't signed a new running back, but their running game has already improved. Red offers a lot. McAdoo says Red offers a lot of, you know, for us to do a pro-style tight end, for us to use as a pro-style right tight end. He can help show the way to some of the young players we have in the tight end room. Fluker's a big guy. He loves the game, provides a lot of energy. You got Shane Vereen, Paul Perkins, and Orleans Darqua. They've shown, you know, Shane Drawn, they signed six teams in four years. And they'll probably get a running back in the mid to late rounds of the draft. There's going to be a lot of running backs out there. Hey, you know what? Get that kid out of San Diego State. All-time leading rusher. I loved him in college. 
I know he's tiny, but that's the kind of guy you could get out of the backfield. He could do a lot of things. He could be our woodhead. McAdoo said Vereen limited to five games last season because he twice tore his tricep muscle. Is right there in the mix for the starting job at running back. Darkwell played at 10 games. Harris loves him, but rarely was completely healthy. If he's healthy, it can be an impact player for us. I told you. And Perkins sits atop the running back chart as far as potential. They're going to have a running back by committee. That's what's going to happen this year. And I thought this was interesting. Paul, that was Paul Schwartz on that article. Also talked about the Jags. Marone, uh, Doug Marone, who's the new Jags coach, was an assistant at Navy in 1993 when he asked Coughlin, the Boston College head coach, for a job. He didn't get it, but they stayed in touch. Marone eventually became the head coach at Syracuse, Coughlin's alma mater, and they furthered the friendship. Marone said even when he became head coach of the Bills, he sought out Coughlin as a sounding board. He's, and, you know, Coughlin said their knowledge of each other is extensive. And and Maroney calls him coach. He goes, what's great when you're with coach, when you're walking with coach, nobody wants to talk to Doug Maroney, you know what I'm saying? So it's awesome. I can walk through. Everybody grabs coach, and I'm just keep walking. Yeah, he never calls him Tom. Not ever. I could not do that. I'm sure coach doesn't mind. I don't think he worries about what people call him. <laughs> now, this was interesting. I read this about the with the 2011 labor negotiation. The new CBA cut each team's offseason program from 14 to 9. That's five weeks with only five of those weeks to include on-field work. Summer two-a-days were eliminated. Allowable contact was reduced drastically. And for the owners, what? hey, they shut off flights for five weeks. But it flipped, you know, for the flip side was that the coaches, you know, it affected how they ran their programs. Now, Jim Harbaugh used to run separate sessions on adjacent fields during coach to maximize reps. That time can't be made up, which was found, I mean, good for no one. Now, Bill O'Brien said, uh, I had a kid come in the other day. Can I get my playbook? No. Can you imagine that? I can't give him his playbook. It doesn't make any sense. He said, I'm I'm a firm believer, and I'm stepping out of a lane a little bit, but I just think for this game to keep going the way it's going, and it's an awesome game, we need more time with the players. And where's it felt? Player development, especially, you know, where backups don't rotate into games, quarterback, offensive line. Others have said that it keeps them from finding more good players in the first place. Place. Now, Brandon Moore, this, this is uh, Doug Maroney says, I was fortunate. I had Brandon Moore with the New York Jets, and Brandon came in as a defensive lineman. He went out, played in the World League, was on our practice squad. We released him, came back on our practice squad. We kept working with him, working with him, and all of a sudden he's a 10-year starter and captain for the Jets. He said he was an extremely hard worker. He was an outstanding player with the Jets. I don't know if Brandon Moore comes about today because a lot of different things, you know, because a lot of different things at that development stage, especially use five weeks. Imagine that. I mean, think about it. You know what? I mean, this is, they got to learn a playbook. They have to learn, you know, everything. And there's, you know, you only do things through repetition. I couldn't imagine like, you know, having to take five weeks off, like five weeks off of working out. And then they have to pay on their own for coaches and all that, for trainers and all that stuff. When they said, why, why can't I get do this with the team it, out of their own pockets? It's ridiculous. So the players have to spend more goddamn money. And coach, Chargers coach, Anthony Lynn says, you go to training camp and you've got one practice and a walkthrough. I never would have played in this league with one practice and a walkthrough because I never would have been discovered. I mean, it's the truth. He said a lot of players today aren't getting discovered. We don't get to see them. He said you can't evaluate someone in a walkthrough and then you throw them in a preseason game with the half the reps they normally would have gotten. So not only is it affecting the players, you know, players play, we're missing out on talent. You think Terrell Davis would, have be, would be here today? He was seventh on our depth chart. I mean, so that's a good point. Now, the effort is underway to be ready for changes. The next CBA, if not sooner, as part of a CBA extension, 
and they think it will help the players, more players across the board, more prepared players in each team, and in the end, a better game. And Doug Maroney with the with the Jags, he views a good running team as one that can run the ball, even if the opponent knows what's coming. Yeah, they're going to be working their ass off come training camp. <laughs> and Brandon Marshall impressed a lot of people to, at the owners' meeting when he addressed the league and teams here in Arizona. The theme of his message, what we do for ourselves dies with us. What we do for others' lives, what we do for others' lives forever. What we do for ourselves dies with us. What we do for others lives forever. Good point. And Albert Bree, and I agree with this, centralized officiating calls, getting it right every time should be the goal. Every time, I mean, right, every time. And we have the technology to get it right every time. So not using it is just ridiculous. I was like, you're right, every time, right? And Bill O'Brien's going to start with his fourth different opening day quarterback in four years with the Texans. Tom Tom Savage or Tony Romo? And Tony Gonzalez is leaving CBS after three years. He was, I'll tell you, i got to be honest with you. He was like watching a car rust. Just was not not good. And Texas A&M defensive end Miles Garrett improved his 40 time to 4.62 with his pro day. Yeah, he's not going number one, no? You think? Hey, Montreal Canadiens clinched the fourth playoff berth in five seasons. Congrats to them. LeBron's now over 28,000 points, as I said. TCU won the NIT championship. Congrats. 86-56 over Georgia Tech. Behind Kenrich Williams, 25 points, 12 rebounds. Venus Williams seeking her second final of 2017 faces Johanna Kanta in Miami Open semis coming up. And I was trying to fight, find the... Yeah. Donnell Pumphrey. Yeah, Donnell Pumphrey from San Diego State. Giants, take a shot on him. And the HB2 bill in North Carolina was, was supposedly they changed it. It was repealed, but they made some changes. They're not sure if it's going to fly with everybody. I think they're going to make bathrooms specifically for transgendered. I don't know. They're doing something. And uh, it's still, is, it's it's not, uh, this is the thing. It's going to cost North Carolina nearly $4 billion in canceled defense if they don't do it. It's a lot of money, folks. Lot of money. Lot, lot, lot of money. All right. I just realized I need to go to bed. I'm a little tired. Now, all right. Trivia question from last night. Who gained the most yards rushing at home? Most yards rushing at home in a se- NFL season. Now, this is home games only. Walter paid in 77. And take this. This is seven games. This is this is a 14-game season in 77. 1,125 yards that year at home. He had 1852 for the season. They ended up losing that year in the playoffs to the Cowboys, 37-7. I checked out his stats. 19 rushes for 60 yards and then three catches for 33 yards. 1,125 freaking yards on the road in seven games. That is out of control, man. That's a hell of a season, right? And tonight's trivia question, who gained the most yards rushing at away games in an NFL season? So... Tonight's, last night's question was most yards rushing at home games in NFL seasonal record. Seven games, paid in at over 11 to 25, at 11 to 25 yards in seven games. And this, tonight's question, most yards rushing at away games in an NFL regular season. All right, Knicks tomorrow, keep losing. Nets lost a tough one. I'm psyched. Tomorrow, we have UConn playing Mississippi. St- wow, Cavs lost their third straight. 
Fought a second Easter. Wow, Cavs are not playing good ball, man. Cavs cannot get it done this year, man. Sucks. Uh, still got time for the playoffs, but I don't know, man. They're, they're out of sync. Now, we got UConn, Mississippi State, who they beat by 60 last year in the Sweet 16. And then we have South Carolina against... That's what I'm blanking. Wow, I'm blanking. Oh, South Carolina. Oh, wait, I just said South Carolina. No. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm blanking. I'm blanking on the... I got UConn, Mississippi State, South Carolina beat... Stanford. South Carolina, Stanford. Woo! Thank God for that. All right, folks, have a good night. I'll talk to you soon. Peace out.